Welcome to our podcast. We're so glad you found us. Our prayer is that you listen to this with an open heart and an open mind to let God in. Let's hear this week's message. Well, today I want to talk about prayer. And I want you guys to understand that God wants to reveal himself to us. I think that so many of us live a Christian life misunderstanding the whole concept of who God is. That God is not a God out there looking at what we do wrong. God is out there as a God who wants to reveal himself to you. We're going to talk about the prayer, I'm going to call it the prayer model, the prayer manual. Our Father who art in heaven, most of us know the Lord's prayer, but we miss the purpose or perspective that Jesus was trying to to teach us with that. In fact, if you could turn with me, our opening scripture is found in Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, all right? In Matthew chapter 6, which is where we learn the Lord's prayer. I believe it's online for you out there, up there. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Verse 4. Um, I should be just looking up my notes up there. It only goes to verse 13. And forgive us, God. I pray, Father, that you would move through this message. God, I pray that, Lord, we would understand that you'd reveal your desire, why you gave us prayer. It's not some religious thing that we're gonna, that you, that we feel like we can fail at. Another thing that we just don't do good enough. But God, a space where we're connected to your presence. And Father God, that your kingdom resurrects inside of us and is declared outside of us. In Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. So I want to share with you, again, for review, last week we talked about how important prayer is and that it is really a space to connect with God. And it's not like a slot machine that you keep on praying so that you get, you know, some way you're gonna, time you're going to get a winnings. That's not what prayer is. Prayer is a space of connecting with our Father who art in heaven. And so number one in our study guide I have, Jesus' prayer was an outline, or rather a teaching manual, of connecting heaven and earth. Now I just shared with you that I have 22 grandkids. I have one of my grandkids is in heaven. But to me, they're still connected. We're still connected. Maybe we're not connected so much in the physical, but we are spiritual family. Amen? Number two. The first step of the Lord's Prayer is to understand who you are addressing. I have um, some other friends of mine that are uh, very successful business people. And they have bank accounts that have many different um, uh, spaces of direction. One is savings, another one is, is just their, their checking, other ones are investment. And see, if you were, were to address each one of those checking accounts. Each one of them assigned, is assigned to a number. And in the space of that number is the ability to pour out a lot of, receive a lot of resources. And what we don't really understand is that God wants us to understand that he is a God that says that I am. That he is a, so filled and fulfilled in resources. That's who he is. You need hope? God's got a hope. 
You need love? God's got love. You need God? You need restoration? God's the God of restoration. But what I find is that so many people like my friend that, you know what, is if he's wanting to make an, in, an investment into a business, he doesn't go to his checking account that his, him and his wife have. He has to go to the right address. He has to go to the right account. Otherwise, it's going to be an overdraft. And he's not going to be able to purchase or not going to be able to have the transaction he's longing to have. I find so many Christians are not having the transactions with Jesus is because they don't realize who they're addressing. They don't know the God that they're addressing. They say, well, Pastor Ron, I, I, they, they know the God of forgiveness, but they don't know the God of healing when they're addressing the God of healing. They may know the God of provision, but they don't know the God of restoration. And yet all of a sudden, God is saying, I want to reveal who I am in your life, that I am all in all. You need restoration. You need to know the God of restoration. You say, Pastor Ron, how do I know that? You begin to research who God is. And you search out. God is a God who is a covenant-promising God. All throughout the Bible, you find God walking with people, making promises. All throughout the Bible, you find God walking with people and through that, making a revelation of who he is. And we're going to kind of share with you, and it's because I think so many of us just aren't acquainted with understanding who God is. God is all heart. He's all heart. And he wants to reveal himself. He's not wanting you to go through some religious activity without experience the presence of who he is in the space of who you're addressing i've watched people die of many diseases and they'll have this peace that comes over them and i'll go that's cool i think that's great that you know the god of peace but do you know that god is also the captain of the lord's army do you know the god that's a warrior and he wants to fight on behalf of what's going on in your body because if I'm not going to wave a, a flag of peace when I'm losing a battle, my peace thing comes after, I'm going to bury that peace thing right there, and I'm going to go, I want to learn how to fight, God. I want to learn how to fight with your promises. I want to learn how to fight your ways and your methods. I want to learn, I want to know that you're in front of me. God, show me who you are as a warrior. And then there's sometimes God says, I'm not always fighting because I could be, I'm a, kind of that personality in my prayer life. I'm very uh, militant in my prayer life. But God's also a God of peace. And so can I rest? Do I have that God of knowing the God of rest? Let me, let me kind of demonstrate um, what I'm trying to say through our, our study here today. And number two, the first step of the Lord's prayer is to understand who you are addressing God wants to reveal himself. Everybody say reveal. God wants to do that. Moses understood this when he said, who do I say sent me? He's going to go face one million Israelites, and he's trying to get them on his team, come and follow me. When 40 years before that, he left them to save his own neck. Now, I don't know about you, but if people leave me to take care of themselves, I'm not really buying into their leadership. And yet Moses is sent by God to win this team, yet Moses already has a rapport, he has a reputation 
that is this, that he, when things got tough, he murdered, he murdered an Egyptian and then had to flee to save his own life. In the space of saving his own life, none of the Israelites know, he found God. He found God. Nobody knew that, though. How does Moses help others to know that he found God? How do you help people in your workplace? How do you help people in your marriage? How do you help people in your children? That you know who God is. So here's Moses saying, who do I say sent me? Say, God goes, I love it. God goes, say I am. I don't know about you, but I probably would have gotten in an argument with God on that one. I am. Seriously, God? I am. And what Moses didn't understand was, is through the plagues and through the trials of life that the Israelites and the Egyptians were about to undertake, God was going to reveal, I am. Moses didn't know that. Many of us don't trust what God's about to do. In fact, when God says it, he's trying to reveal who he is. And God always says who he is before you experience who he is. And most of you go, I want to experience it, then I'll believe it. God always says who he is before you experience who he is. And if you struggle believing who he he says he is, you'll never experience who he says he is. That's why God teaches us to pray, thy will be done on earth as well. God is always teaching us to declare it before we receive it. That's what he's doing. How does heaven get to earth when heaven's already there and we want it on earth? It takes time for heaven to get to earth, and that is in the space of your faith and your belief. I am. Jehovah seeking you. Here's some passages I have. Jeremiah 23, 6. The Lord our righteousness. Jehovah seeking you. Jehovah Mekadesh. Ezekiel 20, verse 12. The Lord who sanctifies. Jehovah Shalom. Judges 6, 10 through 17, the Lord is our peace. Jehovah Shammah, Ezekiel 48, verse 35, the Lord is there. He's omnipresent. Jehovah Rapha, Exodus 15, 26, the Lord is my healer. Jehovah Jireh, Genesis 22, 6 through 14. In fact, we're going to be singing a song about our uh, Jehovah Jireh today. The Lord is my provider. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is my banner. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd. All throughout the Bible, God is revealing himself. And because we're such visual people, we're visually motivated people. God reveals himself through the Red Sea. God reveals himself through a promise. In fact, what really gets to me is that we have a rainbow today. The rainbow isn't a sign of pride. The rainbow is a sign of promise. It's a promise that Jesus and God would never send a flood again. It was a sign that God says, look, go out and multiply. He says, I am going to see, I am going to declare seed time and harvest from here on in. We are not here to be transformed by the world's standards and culture. We're here to be transformed by the word of God. So when you see a rainbow, you see a promise of, you see a promise of God. That's what it's supposed to be. And God wants us to be so filled with his promises and words. And the word, what's going on in the world, is trying to taint every single picture. The images of who God is. That's what it is. And God is trying to clear up all the images of who God is in our life. Let me get, further demonstrate. In these passages, you don't have, so just please listen. All right? 
In John 11, verse 25 to 26, Jesus walking on the face of earth, one of his best friends, Lazarus, comes down with sickness to death. And this is what's recorded about Jesus, just a couple verses I want to share. Jesus told Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. So what is God doing right now? He's trying to teach us his identity. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live. Even after dying, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? In verse 40, the same chapter, Jesus responded, Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So we have this, this scenario, a catastrophic crisis. One of Jesus' best friends, a man of God, comes down with a sickness to death. And the picture, the vision that God says, God goes, I, Jesus goes, I'm the resurrection. So in this whole scenario, God is trying to show who he is. And the only way that Jesus could show that he's the resurrection before he's the resurrection is if somebody dies. And so most of the world in that time, most of us would at that time, what we would do is get so caught up in the crisis of our scenario because we're all about flesh and blood. Jesus is talking about a spiritual answer. He goes, I am the resurrection. And by the way, this event changed the course of Jesus' life and all his disciples' life. From that moment forward, there was no more grace for Jesus. In fact, it was soon after that that the time where Jesus was to be crucified. And all the planning and strategies, because Jesus was now the resurrection. He was showing his people, who is Jesus to you? Is he the resurrection? Is he the healer? Is he your banner of love? Is he your banner of hope? What flags do you have that you wave, that you know who God is? My Father, who art in heaven, you are my strength. You are the father of my grandchild, and you have him in your hands. Sean in heaven. So when you go through the crisis of event, and your first grandchild is stillborn at eight months old, and the pain of all that, and all, the, all of the confusion that hits your life, and thinking the devil goes, this is what's going to happen. This is where your life is going. And all the mistakes you've ever had, this is on you, Pastor Ron. Where were you? When all of those moments happen, God reveals himself. He says, I am the Father who are in heaven and on earth. Do you know that, Daddy? You need to. When you address him, do you know that in his hands is limitless supplies of whatever is in the space of your life, maritally, financially, when it comes down to wisdom, insight, and yet so many of us will pull off every shelf that's out there before we'll ever turn to the shelf of heaven. And you know what God says? I'm not pulling anything off the shelf until you know who I am. Know who I am. Oh, you want the shelf of hope? Know that I am the God of hope. Oh, you're looking for healing? Know that I am the God who healeth thee. Oh, you're in a crisis right now financially? Know that I am Jehovah Jireh that provideth for you. It's not your shop. 
that provides for you. It's me that provides for you. What about your tomorrow? Do you know that God is your tomorrow? In Genesis, again, one of our reads this last week, in Genesis chapter 9, verse 12, and we find a, a moment where there's, um, well, I'll just read it. Then God said, I am giving you a sign of my covenant with you and with all the living creatures for all generations, talking about Noah. I have placed my rainbow in the clouds. It is a sign of my covenant with you and with all the earth. When I send clouds over the earth, the rainbow will appear in the clouds, and I'll remember my covenant with you and with the living creatures. Never again will the floodwaters destroy all life. When I see the rainbow in the clouds, I'll remember the eternal covenant between God and every living creature on earth. Then God said to Noah, yes, this rainbow is a sign of the covenant I am confirming with all the creatures on the earth. So God gives us this beautiful thing, imagery, that he's a God of promises, and that he wants us to fulfill the world. Thank you, Austin, for helping with that. Go and have another baby. Anyway, so he wants us to fulfill the world with babies. Why? Because God wants us to literally have children of righteousness, children of promise. Let me read another passage. Kind of in a crisis. Here's Hagar, and if, if you guys have been doing your reading and you know a little bit what I'm talking about is Hagar is, is Sarai's... Uh, maidservant you know and sometimes we read in the bible there's just it's just stupid what people do and so sarah's is you know wife trying to get pregnant can't seem to get pregnant so she comes up with this crazy idea and what's really even crazier is abraham follows it hey why don't we have a surrogate child through my servant you know maidservant hagar and I don't know what Abraham's thinking, but okay. You know, <laughs> how can this ever end right? You know, I mean, that's okay. I mean, no, this is not a, this is not the right thing to do. But what happens is so many times when we are not getting God's promises in the time we want them, and we're not knowing who God is, and God is trying to reveal to Abraham, I am a covenant God. I told you that I will have children. And Abraham's getting tired of waiting. How many of us does that not talk about? I mean, that's who we are. We don't want to wait. We don't want to wait. We want it now. And then if we don't get it now, we get frustrated with God and go, I must not be praying right. I must not be believing right. And God says, I've given you a promise. Is that not enough? And it seems like the promises aren't enough. We want things to happen before God says, I want to fulfill my promise. So here we are, Hagar. What happens is she, I'll read it, verse 13. Then in Hagar has sexual intercourse with Abraham and and the whole thing, it gets as messy as you can imagine. Sarah and Hagar are doing nothing but fighting and arguing. Hagar runs away because of all the abusive scenario that she's in. Thereafter, Hagar used another name. This is after Hagar hears and gets present with God. Another name to refer to the Lord. Because God wants to do what to us? Reveal. So here's Hagar running for her life, running out of so much pain. And God goes, look, I never wanted this. And there's so many things right now people don't, that you're going through that God doesn't want. But you know what God does want? To reveal himself to you. So here's Hagar running in this, hiding away, 
Therefore, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. Wouldn't it be cool if you know that God? She also said, have I truly seen the one who sees me? So that well was named Bera. Don't even ask me to pronounce that name. Which means well of the living one who sees me. It can still be found there. Hagar has an experience with God because of her crisis. Can you have an experience with God? Abraham, Abraham had an experience with God because of his victory. God is trying to reveal himself in your victories, in your trials, in your marriage, with your children, with my grandkids, with finances. He's trying to reveal, he's always wanting to reveal himself. He is a father that's in heaven. He wants to bring heaven in the space of your heart. Or how about Abram? When he was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him in Genesis 17 and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithful and live in a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to you countless descendants. Another revelation. I am El Shaddai. So first and foremost, in prayer, Jesus teaches Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. God wants to reveal who he is. So in prayer, the connection God wants you to have, he wants you to have what? Revelation of who he is. That's all God's really longing. He says, I want you to know me. I want want us to have this walk together, this connection. But not just a connection, but I want you like Hagar. I want you to see me as I see you. I want you to know when you're so feeling hopeless that I am the God of hope. I want you to know when you're going through such a a scenario, when you're going from job to job and you're struggling, what's going on? I want you to know that I am a God that wants to lead you in the path of this righteousness. Well, after you get this revelation, then we find out the, the next part, the second part I would say about the power of prayer. This is kind of where I've become militant in. Because I long for revelation that I can become declaration. I see a lot of people that declare things. You know, and in fact, in the book of Acts, where we find that, you know, that uh, one says uh, these, basically, seven sons of Sceva are trying to, you know, um, trying to cast out devils. And uh, anyway, in the process of it, these demons jump on them. Beat them silly. And they go, well, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but I don't know you. See, when we take on the revelation, if you could, if you could get this imagery, when God reveals who he is and his promises reveal, they become a light and a lead in your life. All of a sudden, you are God's ambassador. You are God's covenant and promise you're god's what you are is god's feet on this earth that's why the bible says that jesus what he was is the word became flesh and dwelt among us so if you're really to fulfill god's perfect plan you would spend time seeking god he would reveal who he is and through that revelation that becomes your imagery as you walk planet earth and then people see you and go huh there's another, that, that's, a God of, that's the God of hope right there walking on the earth. 
That's the God of love. Walking on, that's the God of forgiveness. That's the God of insight. That's a God of restoration. That's a, so as you're walking, and so the world who doesn't look for God begins to see God on planet Earth through your life. Second thing I want to share with you about prayer. The second step, part number th- point number three, Jesus gives us prayer is the power of declaration. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. God is calling us to perform his will on earth. In Luke 17, verse 20, it says this, Now having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he replied, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed or with a visible display. For with, for, nor will people say, look, here it is. There it is. For the kingdom of God is among you. And it is the Holy Spirit. It's in you. So as you get revelation from God, he is a healer. Then God fills you with his healing virtue, fills you with the healing, his presence of healing, fills you with the knowledge of who he is. You are now made in his image, so now you're walking on planet Earth so filled with healing that you're touching other people and they're getting healed. That's what happens. But what some of us are, we're still trying to connect this thing with, well, God's, God's a healer, so we're trying to connect heaven and then this, and God goes, I want you to be so filled with me that is overflowing outside of you. It's still all God. He is the healer. He is the power. He is the victory, but you're getting so filled with it, it's just now overflowing outside of you. That's why God says, declare his kingdom come, his will be done, but not until you have the revelation. You can't declare hope when you're not filled with hope. You can't declare love when you're not until you're filled with love. You can't make those declarations because all you have is that doubt inside. Well, I don't, I don't, what, do I, what should I do different? Number four, spending time in God's presence brings his kingdom thinking in your life. Spending time with God's presence brings his kingdom. Do you spend time with God in prayer? Soaking his truths inside of you? Some of us will spend all kinds of time soaking a lot of lies. I mean, that's the world's full of lies. We soak in it all the time. It's on the radio. It's on the TV. It's in our workplace. It's just everywhere. But how much time do you spend sitting in God's presence, quieting yourself, in his word, in prayer, in worship, soaking who God is in your life? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. First I'm going to uh, close on this. In 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 42, Ahab went out to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. This is the greatest historical revival that's ever happened on planet Earth. Elijah has prayed about it, has longed for it, and here is a record of it. Verse 43 Then he said to his servant, go and look out toward the sea. The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. So what's happening is is Elijah has prophetically declared that there's going to be rain. There hasn't been rain in years. What's happening, the God that is the God of restoration, the God who's in charge of the seasons, revealed himself to Elijah 
And Elijah has this revelation because he's been fed by ravens a bird. Who gets, who, who gets that? He, he's been fed by the river, drinks by a river. His life has been spared. He understands the God of who is a God of tomorrow. And God speaks this through him. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, God says through Elijah, there's going to be rain. And there hasn't been rain in years. And so Elijah prays this and declares this. And so now he's on his knees. He's asking Daddy in heaven to bring rain. So he asked once. It's recorded in verse 44. Verse, I'm sorry, in verse 43. Then he said to his servant, go look out toward the sea. The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, the seventh time his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising in the, from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. As soon as the sky was black with clouds, a heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm. And Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. Check this out. He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way then. Who outruns a chariot? A man filled with God. Who faces impossible odds? A man filled with God. Who has hope and hopelessness? A man filled with God. Who finds rest in the space of chaos? A woman filled with God. Who allows and sees their heart being healed in the space of divorce and, and, and all kinds of words that have been spoken over her? A woman filled with God. I'm, I don't want to sound cliche-ish, but why are we not a people that are filled with God? Truth is, we look to every shelf besides the God one. In a few moments, we're going to worship. In the space of worship, you can find God. You can find him. Look for the promises inside the song. As you read the Bible, and if you're not on a reading, please get a hold of one of our books that we have available. And you can read along with us. And if you have questions, you can pose the questions to the church. I, I get it. Genesis, if I was reading the Bible for the first time, I'm like, what is going on here? There would be, I, would, I would have a lot of questions. Questions don't keep me from God. Questions help me seek God. Are you in that space? Are you hungry for him? Has the world created such a callousness around you that you're, you have the skin of fear and the skin of, you know, of frustration and the skin of protection? And I don't want to get really weird here, but my grandson got circumcised yesterday. And the whole point of that was to make us understand that God says, look, if you want to be a child of promise, then you're going to have to have very thin skin. You've got to be sensitive. 
to the touch. God wants to touch you. Man, woman, he wants to touch you. Have you have, has your walk never been touched by God? Then today start. Or maybe you've been touched by God and you've just been, life has just had a way of just, it's hard. Get it. Life is hard. It's impossible without God. But with God, it is totally possible. I don't know why anybody tries without him, especially once you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Amen? He is good. When I lost my grandchild, my first one 17 some years ago, I hurt. I had questions. And I sought the God. And God revealed to me, he says, Son, I am the God in heaven and on earth. I'm that child's daddy. Did it take all the pain away? No, it didn't. But it sure gave me a hope that's not of this world. This world doesn't have that hope. This world can't turn to that hope. And then you know what it made me want to do? It's like, I have 21 other grandkids. They need to know their cousin. They need to know their cousin. They need to visit. Sean's already in heaven. They're not yet. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Would you please bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ, you don't know the space of his presence inside of your life and your heart, he sent his own son Jesus to die on the cross so that you could have a living hope. The presence of God inside of your life, no matter what you go through. If that's not you, I want you to raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor, praise for me today. If that's not you, you don't have that hope. You don't have that space of presence in your life. You don't know him. You're, not, you don't, you're unsure of who Jesus is in your life. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Nice. Is there any, everyone saved here? All right, church family, we're going to pray. Father, say, say this with me. Say, Father God, in Jesus' name, we pray for souls in our workplace, in our neighborhoods, in our family. We pray for, Lord God, in the hospitals. We pray for the schools. God, we pray for, Lord God, the world, that their eyes would be open to you. Send us, Jesus. Give us the wisdom to win souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you made a decision to accept Jesus into your heart, let us know on the app or on our website, mylifechangechurch.tv. We'd also love it if you subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. We hope you have a great rest of your day. God bless.